Hey everybody, how's it going? So today I wanna to introduce you to an author and a TED Talk speaker, Angela Lee Duckworth. And so what I'd like you to do is I want you to go to YouTube and search for her video. Just type in the word grit, G like George, R-I-T, grit, TED Talk. So grit TED Talk, look that up. You'll see a six minute video and it's called, um, it's on the power of grit. She is also the author of a book, which is called Grit, The Power and Passion and Perseverance. The Power of Passion and Perseverance, I should say. Um, it's four and a half stars on Amazon, has 88,102 reviews. So, I mean, that's like amazing. It's probably one of the most re um, reviews I've seen on any book. Um, but definitely take a look uh, at the TED Talk. All right, so that's the intro to what I'm going to talk about. So in, I think, one of my earliest episodes, I'm like, I said that more than any study technique and skill that I can give you, which I think are important, right, because I think they're an edge, I but I think study techniques and skills can save you time, can really help you get the A, but they're really the gravy on top. Right, the meat that's underneath that gravy, um, that's going to make those study skills work, is the number one thing is belief. You have to believe that you can do it, and that the study skills will work for you. If you don't believe the study study skills will work for you, you're not going to follow them precisely like a recipe, which you should, and you're also not going to put the work in. So you need to have the belief. And I really think that the belief is the number one thing. And if I had to pick a number two thing, even before the study skills, it would be, it would have to be grit. Now, what's the definition of grit? Well, let's go ahead and take a look at what Merriam-Webster's dictionary says. So it says that grit means firmness of mind or spirit in unyielding courage in the face of hardship or danger. Um, so that's how she's using it. Now, another interesting definition of grit, and, and this is not how Angela is using it, but I think it's appropriate, is definition of grit is sand or gravel, a hard, sharp granule. Um, interesting right because something that's hard something that's that, that goes to like the firmness of mind or spirits i think it's like a really good analogy alternate definition of what grit means now why is grit important for you it's a challenge to acquire well the interesting thing about grit is that angela admits that she really doesn't know how to build grit but I'm going to tell you how I think you build grit and what it takes. And I'm going to give you an example. Now, she had a job. I can't remember what her profession was. Then she went to teaching. Then she went into psychology. And one of the things that she noticed is that one characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. And what Angela found was that the predictor of success, the one characteristic that emerged, it wasn't intelligence. Well, I already know that because I knew that I wasn't smart before I got straight A's. So intelligence was not going to be a predictor of success. It wasn't IQ. It wasn't good looks. 
Some people think, oh, the good-looking people are going to have all the success and get all the, the best jobs. And it wasn't health. So think about it. Intelligence, IQ, good looks, and health. None of those four was a characteristic that Angela identified as being a significant predictor of success. That's huge. So she was saying in her, with her students, she saw that some of the students that weren't her smartest uh, were getting, could, could get really good grades because they worked hard for it. And some of the students that had a talent and the IQ um, weren't necessarily getting the grades. So she looked at it like to get the good grades, it was, it was the hard work. Now, I gave you the definition of Webster's Dictionary for grit, but how does Angela define grit? And she says that grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Okay, that like defines me perfectly because at age six is when I decided that I was going to be a lawyer because a Porsche drove by us at 100 miles an hour on the freeway. And I asked my dad, what kind of car is that? He said, uh, Porsche. And I said, who gets to drive Porsches? He said, lawyers. And I drove my bike up and down the street for like, what, 15, 20, 30 minutes saying, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. So I brainwashed myself on this, that this is what I was going to do at age six. That was my very long-term goal. And I use the term brainwash, which is a harsh word, because I stayed with that goal. I had no idea what lawyers did. I didn't care. But whatever that lifestyle was, I wanted it, right? And so I persevered and I stayed with it, even though I didn't have the talent, I didn't have the skill set, I didn't have mentors, I didn't have the know-how. It's when the ninth grade started, boom, I'm reading sentences and paragraphs and chapters five times. I'm getting home at 2.45. I'm studying until midnight, one and two in the morning on weekends. I'm studying 14-hour days. This is all that I'm doing all the time. I'm persevering. And, and I have this passion. I heard an alternate definition of passion is behind passion is anger. Well, behind my passion was fear. And it was a fear of, what if I can't do this? I set this goal for myself at age six. I promised myself at age six that this is what I was going to do. And now there's a huge threat to what I wanted and that's school, that there's no way I'm going to get straight A's. So behind my passion was fear. I wouldn't say that it was anger, but I think there's different types of emotions that can be behind passion. I was passionately fearful to succeed, I suppose. Um, so she says that grit is having stamina. Grit is sticking with your future and you know, every single day, day in and day out, Angela said it's not just for a week, not just for a month, but for years. Well, what's interesting about that is, you know, what was my motivation? Every single day I sat down and studied. I didn't procrastinate and I didn't have days where I was like, oh, I fell off. Because every day I said, I have to do it today because this is what it's gonna take for me to get straight A's because I was so handicapped, I didn't know what I was what I was doing. And I had no mentorship. So I, I knew that I had to grind it out every single day. I had to give it my best because when that report card was going to come out at the end of the semester, to me, I didn't have a choice. It wasn't going to be left to chance. So every single day, I reminded myself, I got to do it today. I got to do it today. And that's all I did. It was just one day at a time. 
So when she's saying that, you know, grit is sticking with it day in and day out, I certainly did that for sure. And she says that grit is working really hard to make that future reality. That's what I did. I didn't care if I had a life. I knew I didn't have the skill set. I didn't even know that there was such a thing as study skills. Um, but I was willing to work really hard to make that future a reality. Now, the other definition she says is grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, I was sprinting every single day for that entire semester and the first two years of of, um, of high school until when I think I got to the, I mean, I told you in my last episode, I got a B in English and I basically gave up. Uh, now, I don't think that was because of grit. That was just... Um, that was just immaturity and not recognizing like, hey, that that failure was just temporary. It wasn't permanent. It wasn't even a failure. I, I defined it as a failure. And and that that stopped me. It's not that I didn't have the grit. I had the grit. I had the will to keep to keep going in under any circumstance, except for when I got that B, I was just like, Well, I can't get into Harvard, so forget it. You know, what's the point of trying? So, you know, she talks about talent doesn't build grit. So she's like, it's hard to define what does build grit, but it's easier to define what doesn't build grit. Talent doesn't build grit. Well, I've talked about in other episodes about John Maxwell's book, Talent is Never Enough. One of the best books I've ever read of all time. It's so true. It's true academically. It's true in sports. It's true in business. It's true in every area of life. Talent is never enough, and it doesn't build grit. So people that are more talented than you are or more intelligent or higher IQ, they don't have an advantage of grit. Actually, you have an advantage over them because in order to overcome what they have, it's going to take hard work and learning you some things and sticking to it, which is the grit, the grind, the things that make you strong. Uh, we, don't, we would always say about, you know, some people are just softer than others. They're given things on a, you know, on a silver platter or they're fed with a silver spoon because they haven't been challenged and everything's given to them and they have all the resources. I didn't have resources going up. I was like starving at school, just like I didn't want to take a dollar from my mom for food. And when you don't have things, you it makes you stronger. It makes you hungry to 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 wanna to want to get things. Um and one of the things she that Angela talks about in the TED talk is she's talking about like that what does build grit or a great idea for building grit is growth mindset. So it's your mindset. And that's what I started this podcast off with saying it's, you know, mindset, it's your belief. It's your belief that you can do it. And she says it's the belief that the ability to learn is not fixed. When I heard her say that, I was thinking like, bingo. I'll say that again. It's believing that the ability to learn is not fixed. Well, and, and that your ability to learn can change with your effort. And, and so what I started thinking about there was, you know, my brain and my head would hurt when I first sat down to start studying. When I first tried this in the ninth grade, and I told you about a classmate, the girl complained her head hurt because it teacher was picking on her. Why didn't she do her homework? She's like, when I sit down to learn, my head hurts. And I'm like, I totally get it because my brain was mush. My brain was not built to take in all this kind of information and work so hard because I never challenged myself. 
I was just goofing around and wasn't serious about school or my advancement or anything like that. And so when I finally sat down, I had nothing. I had to read sentences, like I said, five times to know what they were really saying. And it's just like working out. I mean, your, your brain is like a muscle. Like when you go work out at the gym, you're starting, you know, you build scar tissue is what you build. You, you break down your muscles, you, you create, uh, you know, you're tearing your muscles apart and then you have to build them and your muscles grow because you're challenging your muscles, you're straining your muscles. Well, with my brain, when I'm trying to understand, you know, learning algebra and, uh, you know, learning subjects and trying to memorize and taking tests, it's like what's happening is I'm challenging my brain. I'm creating new connections. I'm building new things in ways that I'd never done. No wonder my brain hurt. And I kept grinding it out every single day, hour after hour, hour after hour. And so what started to happen was my brain started to develop. It started to get sharper in ways that it never would have if I didn't challenge it like I did. And Angela, and I quote her, says, and how it changes and grows in response to challenge, meaning how the brain changes and how the brain grows in response to challenge. This podcast is called Challenge Me. I challenged myself and my brain changed. My brain started to grow. I wasn't part of the smart kids. Smart kids, they didn't even want me in their group. They didn't want me in their classes. But when I started applying myself, my brain got sharper. And to this day, I think that I built a foundation in my brain that gives me an edge with other lawyers when we're competing it out on nuances and loopholes and we're having to read cases and interpret things and come up with arguments and really understanding things. And that foundation that I have today to do that, the analytical, critical thinking skills, looking for these nuances, I developed when I was 14 and 15 years old, straight up. No more than somebody that goes to the gym and they're working out and they're going to get the benefit of muscle growth, for sure. So when she says, we don't know what builds grit, I feel like I know what build what builds grit. And that is, it, for me, it was lack. It was not having anything. It was not having advantages. I didn't have mentors. My, my mom wouldn't help me with school. I didn't have skill sets. I didn't have anything. I didn't have any role models. Nobody in my family or cousins had ever gone to college. I wasn't given things. I didn't have things. And so for me to have this dream and to go for it, it took hard work. It took dedication. And that hard work and dedication, just like going to the gym, it's going to pay off. And so that's how I built grit was starting with nothing. If I had my parents giving me tutors, I'd be relying on the tutors. If I didn't have any goals, if I had all these resources and money and a big house and my parents were rich and all this stuff, why would I care about wanting to be a lawyer or going to college and having all these things? Uh, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been challenged. I, there'd be no reason for, for me to build grit or, or for, to challenge my brain to grow the way it did. It, it was lack of not having that did it. And I think the perfect example of this that comes to mind is Sylvester Stallone. Now, Sylvester Stallone is in his 70s, so I don't know how much you could relate to him. But if you're a fan of the Rocky movies and the franchises, which are also before the time for a lot of you kids, um, you know, Rocky is a big deal, right? The Rocky franchise. The movie came out in 76, and I don't know how many versions we have, like six or seven. 
Um, it's like a billion dollar franchise. Well, let's look at Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone was broke, financially broke, but he wasn't broke in spirit. He had been through the grinder. He lacked resources. He had nothing. And he said that he had to sell his dog for $40 in front of a 7-Eleven store because he couldn't afford food. Think about that. I was watching some Facebook video the other day where this prankster is going up to people and opening up a briefcase and say, I'll give you a million dollars right now right now if you sell me your dog. And people are like, no way. I'm not going to give my dog away for any amount of money. I love my dog. And, you know, I am sure Sylvester Stallone felt that way about his dog. He must have loved his dog. And yet he sold his dog for $40 because he couldn't afford food. Now, I know some of you are thinking, look, I don't care if I was starving and living under a bridge. I'm not going to sell my pet or anything, even if I can't afford food. And I, I totally feel you on that. But that's where he was. And I can imagine that must have been extremely painful for him to have to do that, right? That he doesn't have anything in his life. He's got this dog and he's selling the dog. Now, being poor for him, I think really, really made him who he was because it was only two weeks later after he sold his dog, that he wrote the Rocky script in 20 hours straight. Now, think about that. He wrote the entire Rocky movie script in 20 hours straight. How many people do you know they're going to work 20 hours straight? That is dedication. That's coming from lack. This guy just sold his dog. He's got $40. And then two weeks later, he probably already spent that $40. And he's sitting down to write a script in 20 hours because he knows he doesn't have options. He's got to get this stuff done. Now, what's amazing is that he took his script to all the studios and he's out there trying to pitch it. He wants people to buy the script. And he, of course, he wants a star in the movie. Now, I find this incredibly hard to believe, but this is the information that's out there, is that his script was rejected over 1,500 times. 1,500 companies and people said no to the Rocky script, which ended up becoming a billion-dollar franchise. That is incredible. Who tries that many times? Who would try after that? fifth time, the 10th time, the 20th time, the 30th time, the 100th time, the 200th time, the 500th time, 700th time, 800, 900, 1,000, 1,200, 13, 14, 1,500 times. No, 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 no. You better start thinking you're not good enough. Your script sucks. Nobody wants it. You know, you just sold your dog for 40 bucks. It's like, you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing. But he believed in it and he kept going forward, right? That's what he said as any other episode. That's how winning he's done. It's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's not just a script that he put in that movie, Rocky Balboa. That's because that's what he really believes because he knows that's what it takes. He got hit 1,500 times, right? And he kept going. Now, 
it, later I, what I read was he had $106 in his bank account. And with $106 in his bank account, he was offered $300,000 for the script, which is the equivalent of a million dollars today. And what did he do? I mean, of course, he accepted the $300,000, equivalent of $1 million. He only had $106 in his bank account. Well, guess what? He rejected it. Why did he reject it? He only had 106 bucks because the caveat was we will pay you the $300,000, but you're not going to star in the role. We're going to get somebody else. We're going to get some big famous actor, but it's not going to be you. Nobody knows you. Nobody's going to watch a movie with nobody. And he said, no, I'm going to be in this movie. And they said, well, too bad. So he had to walk away from $300,000. And they asked him, Sylvester, how could you walk away from a million dollars today and, and you had $106? How could you do that? And he said, because I already learned how to live poor. He learned how to live poor. He survived. That was the grind. That's the grit. That grit is what built him to be able to say no. I mean, that's 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 remarkable, right? Without his lack, he wouldn't have had that drive to say no. He had nothing to lose. When you have nothing to lose, you get desperate and you're willing to to do whatever it takes. So it's like, oh, he doesn't have money. Well, I don't have money anyways. I learned how to live poor. It's fine. It's an amazing, beautiful story of courage. And that was the definition that Webster's gave, right? An unyielding courage in the face of hardship or danger, right? He was not going to take no for an answer. He needs to be in the movie. You know, and if you watch the other Rocky films um, where they talk, they made a song, Eye of the Tiger. What was Eye of the Tiger? What was that whole Rocky film about? I don't know if it was Rocky, was it maybe Rocky 2, right, or 3? It was, he's like, Eye of the Tiger. It's having that hunger. It's the hunger to want more. It's the desire to be better. It's the desire to, you know, just to, to, to stay hungry. And, and you hear a lot of people that say, stay hungry, stay hungry, stay hungry. Because if you're not hungry, there's no des you know, desire to go out and, and, and go get food. You're not hungry. So it's like a, almost like a metaphor. It's like stay hungry, keep that drive, keep that desire. And so what had happened in Rocky is that he had lost the hunger because now he was champion. He has all this money. He's got the car. He has the mansion. And so he's training in a nice little pretty gym. And then Mr. T comes and beats him up. And um, so Rocky had to go back to the basics. He had to get the eye of the tiger. He had to get hungry again. He had to go back to the old school with the gym where you know he didn't have anything. And he just had to get back in touch with that core, get back in touch with that, with that grit. So it doesn't matter if you already know how to do something. It's, it's still going to take that dedication. So Rocky is already champion, but because he allowed himself to get soft, he lost his edge. If you probably, you know, Mike Tyson was a champion at what, age 21. He was the best fighter at the time. Nobody could beat him. But even despite that knowledge and the, and, um, the talent, he, he lost to a lesser fighter because he lost, he lost the grit. He lost, um, 
he lost that because he got the money, he got the fame, and he started getting distracted and started screwing around. And it was just like it was just like Rocky. So if you want to build grit, you have to stay hungry and and not be soft. And if you have all these resources and have all these things and you're still able to, you know, work hard and persevere every single day, it's like good for you that you're able to you know, keep yourself motivated every single day and you have all these resources and, you know, there's exceptions to everything. And I would say is that's great for you that you found your passion, you found something to keep that grit. But for a lot of people, I think that already naturally are smart, talented, have the IQ, have all the resources, have money. I think it's going to be harder for them to have that grit because it's like, what's their motivation for doing things? Um, and for me, like my whole edge has been like, I've come from nothing, I have nothing. And it's like, I'm hungry for more. It's like, I, I want to, you know, get, get on, you know, be on top. Um, so, you know, just to summarize this episode, number one thing is you have to have belief that you can do it and that there's a better way. If you don't have those beliefs, you're not going to take the steps in action. Two, that belief is going to build that you need grit. You need some desire, you need some motivation, you need something that's gonna keep you going every single day. And for me, it was it was the fear of I don't think I can do this, but I have this goal, it's a long-term goal, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do what it takes. And so that's what had me you know persevere every single day. Um, super important. And you and you and then there's the why. You have to have a reason. Why are you doing this, right? And that's that's the big goal. And for Stallone, we all know why he was doing it. You didn't have any money. So I'm putting um, Angela Duckworth on my dream list because I would love to have her on as a guest so that we can talk more about this, this subject of grit and that you can learn and get motivated so that when you set these goals, you know that you can do it. And you can get closer and closer. And I think Angela would really provide a lot of things. But if she's super busy and too famous to make time for my uh, my podcast here, that's fine too. Because we have the benefit of her book. We have the benefit of her TED Talk that you can look at. And, and just know like it, there are shortcuts. There are things you can make your life easier. But it's going to take hard work. It's going to take grind. It's going to take staying hungry. It's going to take having that grit so that you can keep the edge and keep growing that brain so it can make new connections and grow and do so much more than where you are right now. So if you don't feel like you have the ability to memorize and be sharp and excel and all this stuff, you can build it just like somebody that has no muscles and they're out of shape can go into the gym and with the right training and the dedication day in and day out, they can get there so you can get there as well and get the grit and make it happen. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Take care. Till next time.